One of the Psalms that I have often read talks about the fact that blessed is the man who fears the Lord. That is, there are special blessings for him, blessings in his family. His wife will be like a fruitful vine by the sides of his house. His children will be like olive plants round about his table. Um, And this is true. There's a special blessing, I believe, not only for the man that fears the Lord, but through the man that fears the Lord as he blesses his family and they in turn bless him. Uh, Proverbs 31 talks about the woman that fears the Lord. And it says that the woman that fears the Lord is a great blessing to her family. Her husband sits in the gates with the leaders of the city. Uh, Her children are well clothed. She purchases a field, all of these different things. And uh, her children and her husband rise up and call her blessed. Proverbs says this. It says that the son that is foolish is a grief to his mother. But the son that is wise brings delight to his father. I want you to know that there are blessings for the family that come when we seek God first and we put him first in our lives. And uh, we need to be a part of those blessings. And as our families, our families need to be blessed by those blessings. You say, well, I don't have a family that fears the Lord. I'm the only one who knows Christ in my family. Well, I'm glad you said that. Because guess what? you got another family. It's the people that are gathered right around here in this sanctuary this morning uh, who love you and who are a family to you spiritually. But I believe the chapter that we're going to look at today uh, has some encouragement for families, and it's an encouragement to the physical families in this world about the importance there is for families that honor and fear God, but also to teach us how to be a good spiritual family as a church. And so as we learn these things, I believe it will bless us individually, but it will bless our families as well. Now, obviously, there are some exceptions to this as far as these proverbs that are spoken are about how life generally works. There are sometimes you have good parents who have, have a child that goes astray. There are sometimes you have a good child who has wicked parents, don't you? I mean, we see that sometimes. But uh, this is about how life generally works. And, and the thing I love about Proverbs uh, is that they call us to benefit from how life works. And how life, generally speaking, works. Uh, and you're going to see the effects of godliness that can be had on your family as you choose to put God first. You're going to have a, a genealogy here after these cu- first couple of verses we're going to read that is going to give the account of Seth's family. Uh, Adam's son Seth uh, will give birth to a child named Enosh. And Enosh, in Enosh's day, men will begin to call upon the Lord, it says. And then uh, you go down to the seventh generation, to Enoch. And Enoch walked with God. As a matter of fact, not only did Enoch walk with God, but he walked so closely with God and was so intimate with God that God took him home to heaven without dying. Kind of, I guess, similar to how the rapture is going to occur. I guess he was transformed as he came up. But God said, okay, I, I can't take it being away from him for any longer. I'm just going to promote him right away uh, into heaven. And, uh, and Enoch had a great relationship with God. And then you move forward 
uh, and you see Noah being born. And it talks about the comfort that Noah would bring to his family. And uh, also, uh, the word Noah means rest. And so, we have this picture of there's something good. And so, even though you're reading through a genealogy that says so-and-so died, so-and-so died, so-and-so died, so-and-so died, and you see the effects of the curse, you're seeing a light in the midst of the darkness through godly families. You know, I'm convinced that godly families are the hope of the church in America. That godly families are the hope for our nation. Godly families have such an incredible impact on the world. Um, And so we need to put God first and uh, fear Him as His people so that we can have these blessings in our lives. And the title of my message is A Blessings of a Godly Family. In Genesis chapter 4 and verse 25, we'll begin reading. Adam was intimate with his wife again, and she gave birth to a son and named him Seth. For she said, God has given me another child, or another seed that can be translated, in place of Abel, since Cain killed him. A son was born to Seth also, and he named him Enosh. At that time, people began to call on the name of Yahweh. These are the family records of the descendants of Adam. On the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female. And when they were created, he blessed them and called them man. Then it talks about Adam giving birth to Seth and Enosh and Kenan and Mahalalel and Jared. And and then you get down to verse 21 and skip down to verse 21 with me. Enoch was 65 years old when he fathered Methuselah. And after the birth of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and fathered other sons and daughters. So Enoch's life lasted 365 years. Enoch walked with God and then he was not because God took him. Methuselah was 187 years old when he fathered Lamech. Methuselah lived 782 years after the birth of Lamech, and he fathered other sons and daughters, and so Methuselah's life lasted 969 years. By the way, the oldest person in the Bible. Then he died. Lamech was 182 years when he fathered a son, and he named him Noah, saying, This one will bring us relief or comfort from the agonizing labor of our hands caused by the ground the Lord has cursed. Lamech lived 595 years after Noah's birth and fathered other sons and daughters, so Lamech's life lasted 777 years, then he died. Noah was 500 years old, and he fathered Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Just a side note before we get into the the content here. Um, the, The ancient ages, I believe, were part of the condition of the world before the flood came. And uh, the earth is different now than it was in the days of Adam and Eve. There was, there was a difference in the covering of the earth and uh, a difference in the way that the makeup of the earth. They actually had water come up from the ground to water things that God had provided for them. And so uh, it was different. But the Bible says that when Jesus comes back and sets up his earthly kingdom here, that these old ages will return. Jesus is going to restore the earth to its former glory And uh, these old ages are going to return. So if you ever had a question about that, that's just no extra charge for that. But uh, the blessings of a godly family. Uh, What are these blessings? We'll turn back to chapter 4 
and verse 25. I want you to see, first of all, that they are blessed by hope. They are blessed by hope. We are blessed by hope when we have a godly family. Look at verse 25. Adam was intimate with his wife again. She gave birth to a son and named him Seth. For she said, God has given me another seed in place of Abel since Cain killed him. Now you need to understand how encouraging this must have been for them. After all, Abel, their son, had been put to death by Cain, their other son, right? And then Cain had been cursed by God and had been banished from the place where they lived. And he was a wanderer. And so now they have this other son that God blesses them with named Seth. And they call him, literally in the Hebrew it says, another seed. Now, if you were with us in previous weeks, you heard about the seed of the woman that will crush the head of the serpent. There's this hope. They're looking for this seed, this seed, this seed. Abraham's looking for the seed. David's looking for the seed. God says to David, one from your family, from your body, your seed will sit on the throne of Israel forever. And we know that that seed ultimately was Jesus Christ. Uh, but there is hope that is brought about through the blessings of a godly family. And yes, Jesus came through the line of Seth. But Jesus is one blessing. He's the greatest blessing. But there's also a blessing through children that are raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I believe that with all my heart. My children have been a blessing to me. I want you to know that. I hear some people say, well, you know, wait for the teenage years. They're coming, you know. Listen, I'm going to tell you, I love my teenagers. I think they're great. I've been blessed by them. I've been blessed by the different ages of my kids. And not everything's been great all the time. I, you know, we've had our problems just like anybody else. But I want you to know there is a blessing from godliness. And there's a blessing from raising your kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And you know what? I'm convinced that the godly children that are brought up in godly homes are the hope of the future of America. Uh, I want you to know something. There's a great potential. My mother um, stayed home with us and raised us and uh, taught us scripture and did just invested in our lives. And um, I want you to know something. I believe that I have a great heritage through not only what my mother did, but also my dad in teaching us and modeling the Word of God for us in our lives. And um, what a blessing. And some of those verses that my mother taught me when I was seven and eight, you know, we, we were just like any other kids. My brother and I were cracking jokes and we weren't paying attention. And, you know, I mean, my mother had to kind of get on to us and, and those things. But can I tell you something? Is she... She put that stuff down in our hearts, and we still remember it today. She made up a goofy song to teach us a, uh, one of the psalms, and we still remember it to this day. And occasionally we'll get in a silly mood, and one of us will say, Hey, remember that song Mom taught us? And we'll all start singing it, and we'll all get a big kick out of it and laugh about it. But guess what? There was something great about that because it hid God's word in my heart, and it's been a blessing to me ever since. Um, there's a blessing of hope. Listen. I want to tell you something. There is hope. We're one generation away from being a totally secular nation. Have you ever thought about that? If no kids are brought up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, there will come a day where the godly in this land will die off and there will be no hope for our nation. But we're also one generation away from God's blessing. 
as we raise our kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. What does that mean, to raise our kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? I think there's several things that are involved. One is, bring them to church. Let them hear the Word of God. Uh, make that a priority in your life so that the things of God are put uh, first on your calendar. Because, listen, I want to tell you something. Um, sports and, and all these other activities that kids do today, yes, they can be a good thing, but if they take the place of God, they become a negative thing. Put God first. Invest those things. Listen, what your kids learn in Little League may, may be helpful to them, but what they learn in God's Word will definitely be helpful to them and will help them live a godly life. There's no greater heritage than you could give your kids than to teach them the things of God and to model the things of God for them in your life. Um, and so raising them in nurture and admonition of the Lord involves bringing them to church and, and also modeling godly behavior in your life. Kids hear a whole lot less than what they follow, what they see. In other words, if I tell my kids to have a quiet time, but I don't have a quiet time, guess what? Chances are they're not going to have a quiet time either. If I tell my kids that church is important, but I don't model it in my behavior, guess what? Church is probably not going to be important to them. So raising my kids in an urgent and admonition of the Lord involves setting an example. It involves teaching them. And I realize you can't teach a whole lot to a toddler, right? <laughs> they, their attention spans just like boom. I remember I, I learned I was trying to teach, teach my kids and when they were little, and, and boom, their attention's somewhere else. And so I learned I just had to ask them questions and give them something very basic. And so I worked on the Ten Commandments with them. You know, okay, what commandment did we learn yesterday? I don't know. You know, okay, well, let's go over it again. You know, and so we would talk about it, and eventually they would get it. And so um, uh, raise your kids in urgent admonition of the Lord and put God first in your life, and you'll be blessed by hope. I want to tell you something. As you raise godly kids... What's going to happen is one day they're going to grow up and they're going to have their own families, but they will continue to be a blessing to you. And uh, they will minister to you in your old age. One of the most blessed things to, for me to see as a pastor is how kids that have been raised up in the things of God bless their parents in old age. Uh, what a blessing to have godly kids who care, care for you and take care of you and watch out for you in your old age. It's a blessing of a godly family. And you have this hope uh, of what's going to happen for the kingdom of God. When I think about the kids in our children's programs, and um, I'm glad Candy's in here. You need to hear this, Candy. This might be an encouragement. But I, th I don't think, listen, when, when our workers take care of kids, they're not babysitting. They're making an investment. They're putting these things into these children's hearts and minds that can be a blessing to them their entire lives. They're planting seeds that can bear fruit years later. I, it's so significant. What we do with our kids is some of the most significant things we could do. Uh, Candace works with our youth. Candace, what you do is one of the most significant things in this church. I, I praise God for people in our church who are willing to teach kids the Word of God. That's the hope for the next generation. We're blessed by hope through our godly families. And so, raise your kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So, the blessings of a godly family. First of all, we're blessed by hope. Secondly, we're blessed by prayer. Look at verse 26 of chapter 4. A son was born to Seth also, and he named him Enosh. 
By the way, Enosh means man. It's another word, just like Adam means man. Enosh means man. It's another Hebrew word, but it emphasizes his weakness. Did you know sometimes weakness is a good thing if it causes you to call out upon the Lord? It says that in Enosh's day, probably through his influence, at that time people began to call on the name of the Lord. One of the most blessings, the greatest blessings in my family are the times we spend together in prayer. What a wonderful thing. This Life is hard, isn't it? I mean, you're going to have trouble at work. You're going to have trouble at school. You're going to have trouble in relationships sometimes. Trouble in this life. This Job says man was born to trouble. The sparks fly upward, right? We have trouble in our lives. Praise God as godly families we can get together and we can call on someone who can help us through the troubles of life. Someone who can deliver us from the troubles of life. Uh, sustain us in the difficulties and heartaches of life. And so we'll, we'll text each other. Having a bad day, please pray. And we'll, you know, we pray, we pray for each other. Then, uh, or we may get home and, oh, you know, I'm concerned about this, I'm concerned about that, you know. Let's pray. And we'll pray. And guess what? Something changes. Something changes when you call upon the name of the Lord. There's a shift that takes place in your heart because you've gone from trying to deal with it in your own strength to inviting God into your situation. And what a neat thing. Uh, David, when he was little, he got a stomach bug. It was really cute. Well, the stomach bug wasn't cute, but the, what he did was cute. And, and he would throw up, and he would say, pray, Mama, pray. And uh, then he'd throw up again, you know. And uh, we, we kind of were tickled by it, but bless his heart. Um, but he had learned. When you have trouble in life, you pray. Listen, that's a great blessing. Someday I may not have my faculties. I may not be able to put two and two together in my mind. But can I tell you something? I know that I have kids who will pray for me. Isn't that a blessing? Teach your kids to pray. Put God first in your life. One of the great blessings you'll reap from that is the blessing of prayer. So model that. Suggest that in your home. Um, do it together. Uh, some people actually have a regular daily devotional uh, time where they talk about God's Word and they pray together. That's a great idea. Uh, or you can just do it on a, on a more flexible thing as you need it. Listen, if you do it as you need it, you'll be doing it more than one time a day. I guarantee you. You'll be praying multiple times a day. So uh, the blessing of prayer. So blessings of godly family. First of all, we're blessed by hope. Blessed by prayer. Thirdly, blessed by relationships. Blessed by relationships. The first relationship we're blessed with is a relationship with God, right? Look at verse 21. Enoch was 65 years old when he fathered Methuselah. This is chapter 5, by the way. Uh, after the birth of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and fathered other sons and daughters. And so Enoch's life lasted 365 years. And it says it again. Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God. I remember when I uh, joined the military and I had made it through basic training and I'd made it through tech school and I was go going to my permanent duty station. I was driving down from Illinois to Texas uh, where I served in the military there. And uh, I remember driving into town. It was kind of getting dusk just as I was driving into town. And 
I stopped at this big fancy Dairy Queen. I've never seen a Dairy Queen like that. It was huge. Um, and I got me a hamburger, and I was sitting there thinking, you know, I don't know a soul here. <laughs> but, Lord, I thank you that I know you. Can I tell you something? Everywhere I've ever been, God has gone with me since I've been a child of God. He's, he's with us. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. We're blessed by our relationship. I want to tell you something. The, some of the sweetest relationship that you could ever have is with the Lord. And um, I, I'm so grateful for my relationship with the Lord. Did you know God never gets bored with your conversation? Friends will, right? Have you ever seen your friends start kind of looking around? You're talking to them about an issue. You're like kind of looking around. Maybe they check the time. You know, start tapping their foot. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're totally checked out, right? You're talking, but they're not listening. God never checks out. He never gets tired. We get tired, don't we? Have you ever had one? I, I've had those days before. Sherry and I, when we were uh, newly in the ministry, and I've, I was, I'd preach, and I'd come home on Sunday night, and I, I'd be brain dead. I, I just about couldn't uh, tie my shoes. You know, it, it was after preaching uh, a couple of times and so forth, and, and she'd ask me questions, and I, I'd be like completely checked out. And finally, she realized, she told me, she said, I've realized I just don't need to talk to you about anything important on Sunday night because you don't get it. I said, yeah, that's pretty much the case. <laughs> and so, uh, but uh, God never gets too tired to listen to his children. There's no burden that his shoulders aren't big enough to bear. There's no amount of time that, that you can spend that will exhaust him or he'll say, boy, I'm just, I'm so tired of that Roger Pugh coming to me with all this junk. Doesn't he have anything else to do? You know, no, he, he doesn't. He, he delights in us. The scripture says he is so concerned with us, he sees when we sit and when we rise. He has our hairs numbered. He knows every word we're going to say before we say it. You know, I, I remember when my kids were growing up, uh, we would, we would look in and see them sleeping, you know, just kind of watch them sleep. And uh, kind of a neat thing. God watches you all the time. He sees when you sit and when you rise. Uh, be blessed by this relationship. Enjoy this relationship. Draw near to, to him in a regular daily time with him. Uh, draw near to him through assembling with God's people. Uh, enjoy the relationship that God has given you. And I'm, I'm going to tell you this, and it's through the blood of Jesus. It's not because you're worthy or I'm worthy. It's because Jesus is worthy. And he's paid the price. He's paid the price for you to enjoy the relationship, so enjoy it. You, as you put God first, you'll be blessed by this relationship in your life. But as you have this relationship with God, guess what? It'll bless your family. They'll see that relationship you have. Listen, I can remember, uh, some of y'all are old enough to remember the little Sunday school checklist, you know, that you would do. Uh, read your Bible daily, uh, studied your Sunday school lesson, and, uh, and all these different things. And there were many Sundays that I didn't check a single box. I was new in my walk with the Lord. But you know what I did notice? I noticed my mother praying in the morning. I heard her rebuke the devil. 
That was always kind of interesting. Uh, but I would, I would notice these things, and I saw the importance there was in her life and the sweetness of her relationship with God. My dad as well, but my mother, it seemed to be there in front of us more. And um, it impacted me. And I began, at one point I made a decision, I'm going to begin to have a, a time with God every day. And sometimes I'd read, and maybe two things in the whole chapter would speak to me, and the rest of it was like, whoosh, whoosh, over my head. But I persisted. And can I tell you something? I am blessed today. God's word is richer to me than it's ever been. Sweeter to me than it's ever been. My time with God it's not always easy, and sometimes it's, sometimes God feels distance in my quiet time. But oftentimes, there's a sweetness there that wasn't there when I first started. I want you to know, as you set that example for your kids, and they're in, impacted by it, and they see your relationship with God, it'll make them hunger for that same relationship with God. So, you're blessed by relationship there. Then, uh, Noah has Shem, Ham, and Japheth, right? They weren't perfect. But after the earth was destroyed with the flood and just Noah and his family survived, guess what? Shem, Ham, and Japheth became companions to Noah. You raise a godly family and, and you put God first in your family and your kids grow up to be godly, guess what? They'll be a godly encouragement and a godly friend for you as adults. And uh, I was telling somebody, uh, you know, about... Uh, the encouragement uh, that I have felt with my kids. And, you know, uh, David, as y'all know, he's, he's our volunteer intern here at the church. And, and so he comes. He's been doing some visiting with me and some things like that. But we pray together, and, and Megan has done that with me as well at times. But, but God will minister to me through them. Isn't that an amazing thing? I'm reaping a harvest today for seeds that were sown years ago and by God's grace. I know it's God's grace, and God's answered a lot of prayers, and, and but by the grace of God, I, you know, I, I understand that, and I, I look to the Lord, and I thank the Lord for that. But what a blessing. So you're blessed by relationships as you put God first in your life. So the blessings of God, the family, what are they? We're blessed by hope, we're blessed by prayer, we're blessed by relationship. And finally, we're blessed by comfort. We're blessed by comfort. Look at verse 29. And he named him Noah, saying, This one will bring us relief or comfort from the agonizing labor of our hands caused by the ground the Lord has cursed. A godly family can be a great comfort to you. It can be a haven for you. We said before that this life is hard. That's what they're talking about, right? The curse, the difficulty of life, the, the heartbreaking situations that we face in this life. A godly family can be a great comfort to you in the midst of an ungodly world and a harsh world. Um, even before your kids come to faith in Christ, they can be a comfort to you. I remember uh, I was going through a tough time in Texas, and I've had a really bad day. And I came home, and my kids were little. They were both little. And uh, I went, and I sat in the recliner, and I flipped on the TV. And both of them crawled up in my lap, and I was sitting there. And I don't know exactly how to explain it, but I was comforted by that. And it was kind of like a salve, and all the stress and the ickiness of the day was kind of just 
peeling off, and, and I was just being comforted by the presence of my little ones. Um, this is a blessing of a godly family, I believe, also, because sin destroys, right? It destroys relationships. It, it destroys the beauty in things. And, uh, and so as you pursue the things of God and as you put God first in your life, you're protecting your family. You're bringing comfort to your family. And it will come through these, these relationships, that maybe natural relationships at first, but then as your kids grow and as they uh, become Christians and grow in the Lord, it will be even more of a comfort because they'll be able to share the things of God, what God is doing in their life with you, just as you've shared with them, and it becomes a comfort to you in life. Uh, my parents were telling me years ago we had um, we'd come up here to Tennessee to visit them while we were still living in Texas, and, and they were kind of going through a difficult time, and, and uh, my mother said to me, you know what, it has just really encouraged us to have you here. And I knew that uh, God had used us to be a comfort to them. Listen, that's a blessing of a godly family. There's, there are a lot of families in this world that have so much brokenness and so much uh, division and so much heartache. And, if that, and you say, Pastor, that's my family. And I, I wish I could have this comfort that you're talking about. Well, listen, let me first of all say, I, I sympathize with, with your situation, but... Also, let me say, God has a family for you here. And, and, and let, as a body, let's remember that some people come here without support at home. And they need the support of God's people. Let's be a family uh, to the people who need God's support. And, well, to all of us, we all need God's support to some degree here in this, in this house. But um, if you don't have a godly family, then realize God has put you where you are to be a missionary. Not every missionary serves in Africa. Not every missionary uh, serves in another state. Some missionaries serve in families. And if God has put you, and my dad used to tell me, he said, said you know, he said, I love my family. I, I, I'm, I, I love them. But sometimes I wish I could have been raised in a, in a family that was really a godly family. And... Um, you may feel that way, but can I tell you something? God has a purpose. And Dad said he was, he was praying to the Lord uh, one day, and God revealed to him God, that he's allowed you to be in this situation so that you can know how to minister to other people who are in the same situation. Guess what? God can use you with your unique situation to minister to the body and to help other people who are in the same situation that you're in, but he can also use you as a missionary. Um, I've shared with you about uh, a week or two ago about Dad leading a couple of my uncles to Christ. He's led cousins to Christ. Uh, he's been a true missionary in his family. And I want to tell you something. You talk about hope, blessed by hope. Uh, if your family is blessed to have a person in their family who loves God, they will be blessed through it. And even though the situation may not be perfect, you can be a light in the midst of your family. So the blessings of a godly family, what are they? Families are blessed by hope, blessed by prayer, blessed by relationship, and blessed by comfort. So put God first in your family.
Now, some of you here today may not know Jesus Christ. And can I tell you, putting God first in your family, the first step that you need to take in that is to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible says that Christ came to this earth. He was born of a virgin girl named Mary. She was the son of God, but also uh, the son of Mary. Lived a perfect life. Died on the cross as our substitute to take the penalty for our sin and rose again. And the Bible says that because of what Jesus has done on the cross, he said it is finished, it's paid in full. We can have a relationship with God. God will forgive our sin, wipe it away, uh, and give us eternal life. And so if you'd like to begin a relationship with God, you just need to make a choice today to turn from sin in your own way to follow Jesus and live for him. Uh, you make that choice, and then you make a choice to receive that gift of eternal life. If you are ready to make that choice, I'm going to be here at the front here in a moment when we begin our invitation time. I'm going to just invite you to come forward, and I'd love to lead you through a prayer of commitment, and you can give your heart to Christ, receive the gift of eternal life, and uh, your life can be changed. You can be different when you walk out, and you will have taken that first step to having a godly family in your life. Um, others here may need to follow God and believe his baptism. You've been saved, but you've not made that choice. Uh, put God first in your life and follow him in obedience to him. Uh, maybe somebody here today.